Sensors podcast consumers welcome to episode 84 of go tell it to the wall podcast i am of course your favorite podcast host the one and only sean o'rourke coming at you from a wet and rainy los angeles yet again this month yes we got a crazy downpour this morning uh in fact thunder and lightning which is not something we usually get here in southern california uh, for those of you that live like in the midwest and the, the south and Really, anywhere else, I guess. You get thunderstorms quite a bit. We don't get them a lot here. In fact, I, I think this may have been my, my two-year-old's first like big thunderstorm. Probably the first one since she's been able to recognize it, which is a lot of fun. Because she does this fun thing right now uh, where if she hears a strange noise, she goes, What's that noise, Daddy? What's that noise? And so this morning, it was like every five minutes, the thunder would go. And she'd be like, What's that noise, Daddy? It's the thunder, baby doll. It's the thunder. What's that noise? Still the thunder, still just the thunder, so that was a lot of fun this morning. Uh, but again, coming at you from wet and rainy Los Angeles, California, of course, on a Thursday on this very special Super Bowl week, very special for those of you that, that enjoy the Super Bowl, which is really a lot of people, because even people I know that don't like sports, uh, they tend to enjoy whether it's the Super Bowl commercials or the uh, the halftime show or just the eating at Super Bowl parties, which is always good. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that tonight, so look forward to that. All right, as usual, we kick things off with our social plugs. You can follow us outside of watching live feeds and just listening to the podcast. That's right. And you can do so multiple ways. One of those ways would be on Twitter. Follow us at Tell the Wall Pod. That's right, at Tell the Wall Pod. Follow our official Twitter account. You can also follow my own personal Twitter account, which is at Magic Muppet. That's right, at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. And of course, we are on Facebook. We are currently live on Facebook right now. Head on over to Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. You're going to find our official Facebook page. Uh, like the page, check back often for updates and all kinds of other cool stuff. And of course, our YouTube channel, still there, still going strong, actually, still picking up some steam. I'm going to get into a little bit more of that in just a minute. Uh, head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell to the Wall, subscribe to our channel, check out our videos, like the videos, tell us how terrible they are, anything you want to do, just make sure you hit up that YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. And of course, most importantly and all-encompassing of all those avenues I just mentioned would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, SeanO'RourkeLive.com uh, is our my official website as well as the official website for Go Tell to the Wall podcast channel, everything that is Go Tell to the Wall. So make sure you bookmark that website, check back often. You're going to find stuff you're not going to find on any of those other platforms I just mentioned, including uh, photos, blog posts, and some other exclusive content that is only found on the website, as well as a link to our Patreon page. You can actually link to all those other platforms I just mentioned, but you can also link directly to our Patreon page. And if you are so inclined, you can support the show financially, uh, which helps us to do more things, bigger things, better things, all the things that we can think to do. Uh, so please, please help us out on Patreon if you are so inclined. We do still have our Indiegogo campaign going, uh, which you can also find a link uh, on the website. It's going to be right there. And, and please, please support us there if, if you see fit through that avenue as well. We actually got another, We it, that one's been a little stagnant because we haven't been promoting it and got a little Indiegogo uh, contribution last night. Mostly, I think, because of YouTube, which is what I want to mention right now. We're making a big push for subscribers right now on YouTube. What's happened, and I kind of hinted at this recently on one of our episodes, we had a ridiculous spike on YouTube. Like, ridiculous. Like, it was a 1,000% increase at, at one point. Now it's only up to, like, a 600% increase or something in viewership with the way they, you know, they count their numbers and stuff. It's over the past, like, two, whatever it is. I... I even I don't fully understand it, and I'm looking at it, and I don't even want to. I don't want to say on a regular basis because that, as I'm not, I do check it every once in a while, and I've noticed those increases. In fact, some of our live feeds have been picking up a lot of steam 
on YouTube. But because of that, I want to make sure that we're really, 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 really pushing for subscribers uh, because the, the thing is we're doing like 1,500 views on a lot of our live feeds, uh, but we're not getting people actually subscribing. And what we need is those subscribers uh, to, to unlock more features within YouTube and allow us to do more and more things. So we, we really need that engagement. I've been talking about it, and recently this week we tried to make a big push on socials. I think the problem, and I don't even, don't even want to call it a problem, our fan base is simply not social platform users. They're, they're not. They like to listen to podcasts. Uh, they like to download the podcast and support the podcast by doing that. However, they don't get on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all of those things. We do need some of you to get on the YouTube and the Facebook and the Twitter and those things to help increase that avenue of the podcast and of the channel. Because here's, here's the... Here's the bottom line, the difference. We do about 15,000 unique listens. That's unique. That's not some dude listening to it 15,000 times. Unique listens. We do 15,000 per episode. That's average. It's about 15. You know, we uh, subs YouTube subscribers is like 40-something. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Can, can we get a subscribe here? Can we get a Twitter follow? So we need more of that. If you're listening out there and you don't follow us on those avenues, please do so. Even if you're not going to engage a bunch, please follow us. That helps us to, to increase our, our monetization status on a lot of those platforms and helps the show to grow. And it helps us to do other things. And it helps us to bring in new, uh, new. oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, new, uh, I'm not even going to continue with that. <laughs> new ideas, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, new concepts, that's the word I'm looking for. New concepts into the podcast, to the channel, and everything else. So please help us out there. Uh, tell your friends, if you're already subscribed, you're already following everything, tell your friends, tell everyone, share it, share the heck out of it, and help us increase, increase our footprint uh, through those avenues as well, because it, it's incredible that what we do uh, simply through podcast numbers, but I want to see us do more numbers on the other avenues as well, because that that's the kids these days. That, that's the stuff they're looking at, and we need to get more eyeballs on it. So please, please, please help us out. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, any any and all of those, please help us out as much as you can. Uh, and beer this week, before I forget, man, I can't believe I didn't mention how excited I was about the beer uh, top of the show. We have an extra special one. This one is two. It's from Bell's, which is a, a microbrewery, uh, and it is the Two-Hearted Ale. This is an American IPA, Two-Hearted Ale. I think I've actually mentioned this on a podcast previously. Super tasty. It's actually, it's absolutely one of my favorite, favorite IPAs out there. Uh, I actually had never had it out of the bottle. I've only had it at bars and at, well, I don't think I've had it in any breweries, at bars uh, where they have it on tap. It's fantastic. Super smooth drinking IPA. Uh, in fact, our honor producer, Chris, would actually probably enjoy this one because it's not the super hoppy, like more bitter taste that you get out of a lot of IPAs. And I will tell you, I think this is when I mentioned it a few months ago because uh, we talked about an article that had come out and that would be Pliny, Pliny the Elder, uh, which is a very, very popular IPA. Uh, it comes out of Los Angeles, actually, and in fact, they limit the purchasing of that uh, in some places outside of Los Angeles, maybe even inside of Los Angeles. Uh, and what happened a few months ago, maybe even close to a year ago, is is that was like the number one IPA on a lot of websites and a lot of beer review sites, all that good stuff. And the, the Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, American IPA, actually unseated Pliny the Elder on a lot of those sites because it is so, so so good. So highly recommend it. One of our big podcast fans, uh, EZ, actually was a big fan of this. He, it's funny, he, he sent me a message months ago, and he, I think he might have been in California. He doesn't live in California. He might have been in California at the time and said, dude, I've had, I had this Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Have you ever had it? And I was like, yeah, that's one of my absolute favorites. Like, and he appreciated it as well. So check him out if you can find it in the bottle. Weirdly, uh, I found this randomly last weekend at Target in the bottle. They had it at Target, the Target near me. Um, so you may be able to find it at Target. You might be able to find it at Vons. It's probably going to be popping up in bottles more and more here uh, because of the popularity of it and uh, and definitely easier to find, I would think, than, than Pliny the Elder because that one's tough tough to find unless you go down to the brewery, uh, which is in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, All right, let's get into some social trends. Wait, let me get a sip of my uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale here. So good. Mm. I will warn you on this. One thing I didn't, uh, I did fail to mention. It is a seven percent beer. Uh, it's a seven percent alcohol content beer, so it's a, it, it's on the stronger side. Just prepare yourselves. We'll probably be off the rails tonight because I'm drinking a beer that's a little too strong. It tends to happen when I drink these stronger beers. 
All right. Uh, social trends, like I said. Let's get into them. Yesterday, yesterday actually, uh, so January 30th, and I believe that's the day they do it every year. There's an organization out of Canada that does a, uh, I cannot find my, there we go, uh, that does a social campaign every year, and it's called Hashtag Bell Let's Talk. And so what they do is this organization donates five cents to, uh, to, to mental health uh, initiatives in Canada for every tweet that is sent out with Bell Let's Talk. So, of course, I tweeted something out yesterday to the effect of uh, it's something I've always said on a podcast, and we, we will get into the mental health segment here, it was just please don't wait as long as I did. I waited until I was in my 30s. To really be completely open about my struggles with mental illness and with with my own personal mental health. Uh, And of course, hashtagged it with hashtag Bell Let's Talk. And everyone was doing that yesterday. There was a ton of them floating around. You might have seen it if if you're a Twitter user or Facebook user or any of those uh, social platforms. You might have seen it floating around. One thing I do want to bring up with it is uh, it's an annual event. And I think it's fantastic. And people get behind it. Uh, But also keep in mind, this is one of those things where it's great that we do it annually and it's great that people are sharing stories and encouraging others uh, on one day annually. But I was happy uh, to see someone had actually tweeted, uh, let's let's make not only today, but every single day a day to talk about mental illness. And that's that's the truth, because here's the thing that's great that everyone's tweeting this, this hashtag and everything and supporting. It's fantastic. Here's the thing. Uh, My mental illness didn't go away this morning because it's a different day. People deal with this on a daily basis, daily. And that's what we need to keep in mind, especially if you're someone out there that doesn't suffer from mental illness, have you know, or know anyone that does personally to keep that in mind uh, and and to keep showing your support really on a daily basis, not just an annual basis. Um, and, and that's not to take away from the bell. Let's talk. I think it's great what they're doing. It's just always, always, always keep in mind that, that, Every day is a struggle for many, many, many people around the world, um, and especially in our country right now. Oh, my God, it's rough in our country right now just because of what we're dealing with. Although maybe you're loving it. If you're loving it, you're probably not listening to this podcast. All right, next hashtag I want to talk about, and this is what I was happy to see uh, this hashtag kind of come about today a little more. I'm sure it was floating around a little bit yesterday. Uh, it was hashtag end the stigma, and this, was, of course, was was spawned from the hashtag Bell Let's Talk, and this to me is, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast, this is the, one of the main goals of Go Tell It to the Wall, is to help diminish and, and eventually, essentially, end the stigma around mental illness and mental health awareness, and really, we've done great work uh, over the past few years, this podcast and, and many, many, many others. We've talked about other people that have shown their support. We've talked about uh, athletes, professional athletes, famous people that have come out and, and been open about it. And and because of that, other people um, ha- have gotten support. So it's it's we've made strides, but we still have a long, long, long way to go. And again, hashtag end the stigma. Uh, it doesn't end today. It's it's not going to end when this is when this hashtag isn't trending on Twitter anymore. People are still 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 dealing with it. So please, please uh, make sure you show your support. Um, And we're going to get into a little bit more of mental health uh, here shortly, later on in the episode. Hmm. Uh, A couple funny ones we had floating around. Hashtag at the end of the day, I. That's right. Hashtag at the end of the day, I. Um, Oh, man, this refreshed on me. I found one earlier, and I don't have the Twitter user right in front of me uh, because it refreshed on me. And it was uh, hashtag at the end of the day, I can barely keep my eyes open. I can relate to that to a certain extent. Thursdays, I'm not able to do that and just sit down and relax. But most days, that's what I'm doing. Uh, And specifically for me personally, hashtag at the end of the day, I am waiting patiently for my wife to get home so that I can get a little bit of a break from my two-year-old. Not that I don't love my two-year-old and don't want to be around her constantly, uh, but tantrums all day and, and fussing is, is something I'm, I'm definitely waiting for my wife to get home uh, so I can at least get a quick, quick, quick break. Uh, whether it's quick or not, just <laughs> it's all relative, but I at least get a little bit of, of a break after, you know, eight to ten hours of, of me and a two-year-old. Which is fantastic. Bottom line is being like hanging out with. Oh my God, hanging out with your own kid is is the most fantastic thing on the face of the earth. Uh, it just becomes tiresome, tiresome. I'm a huge shout out to to straight single parents who do it 24 seven. I don't know how the hell you do it. I need a break now and then. Uh, and thank God for my wife and 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 co-parenting our kid. Co- that sounds weird, as if we're like div- no, but parenting. I guess our our kid uh, in the same home and everything else. 
Uh, what's another hashtag I have here? I'm losing my place. Oh, okay. See, Bell. It's the uh, the Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Oh man. Hmm. All right, this one I did enjoy. Uh, <laughs> hashtag once is never enough. Once is never enough for. Can't even say that right. Hashtag once is never enough for cough. Never enough for. This one I enjoyed because I can completely relate. Uh, coffee. I have to have a few cups. I am a two to three cup cu- cup of coffee uh, in the morning person myself. Got to got to do it. It's the only way I function. I cannot function without coffee. And I will say this one for all my fellow burners out there. Hashtag once is never enough for going to Burning Man. This is I I, I stand by this one hundred percent. Everyone thinks it's a bucket list thing where you sh- you just go once and you check it out, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. Uh, but Burning Man, you don't become. See, that's going to sound very burnier than now. Uh, but you don't really get engrossed in Burning Man until you've kind of gone and done it for a year, you know, one year, even if you don't do the full week. And then you come back under with a better understanding of it. And that's really when you get into your own your own burn and, and you create your own uh, kind of what your Burning Man is. Uh, so I would say that to anyone out there, if you're thinking about going, uh, definitely at least go twice. Just go twice. I would recommend going as much as you possibly can, but definitely go twice. And you're kind of finding yourself on the first one. It, it, like, compare it to, like, freshman year versus senior year of high school. Freshman year, you're just kind of bumbling around. Like, I don't know what to... By senior year, you know what you're doing. You know, you're familiar with the place. You got friends and everything. It's it's very similar to that with Burning Man. Uh, and one more I want to share with you because this one had me cracking up. And I guarantee... Oh, this probably refreshed on me. It's going to make me upset. Ugh. Nope, there it is. Uh, hashtag modern day clue answers. Modern day clue answers, as in the board game Clue. C L U E. You know that board game, you know, Colonel Mustard in the library with the candlestick or whatever? So this is obviously uh, modern day clue answers. And this one I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Hashtag modern day clue answers the millennial in the Starbucks with a participation trophy. I will say here around Los Angeles, it wouldn't be a Starbucks because Starbucks is definitely not cool for the millennials and the hipsters around here, but it would be a coffee shop. It would certainly be a coffee shop. You can choose from the 15 that are down the street from me because uh, apparently we have to have like 15 independent coffee shops in my neighborhood. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Ask anyone that lives in Highland Park, California. We got too many coffee shops. All right, let's get into some TV, film, and books. Oh, TV, film, and books. Oh, boy. So, I found this one really interesting. Cord cutting. Cord cutting. This isn't our usual TV, film, and books. This was usually going into tech, but I want to put it in TV, film, and books because it really has to do with television. That would be cord cutting. There was a little survey done by Waterstone Management. Waterstone Management, they're based in Chicago. Uh, and they did a survey asking people if they have canceled their cable. The results of that survey were 60% of the respondents, 60% said yes, they have canceled their cable. They have completely ditched cable TV. This is the interesting one. On top of that, an additional 29% are close to canceling. 29%. So you got like 11% of people out there that are still happy with their cable providers. 11%. It's crazy to me. Uh, I think this is a bad sign for cable providers. You got a little too big for your britches there in the 90s. Uh, I remember there was a time when you could just get basic cable for like $20. That doesn't really exist anymore. You got to pay like $100 and have a freaking satellite on your roof or have cable and you only get one choice, whatever neighborhood you live in. And and you got to pay like 100 bucks a month just to, to have 800 channels, two of which you use. It absolutely makes sense to me. It absolutely. Now, I do still know quite a few people that have cable. My household, we are cord cutting. We don't have cable. I've got an antenna. When I want to watch network television, I've got an antenna. Did you know that television comes over the air in HD now? It's fantastic. It's been like that for a few years. When they did the whole changeover and you had to get a box for your TV to get uh, stuff through the antenna, that's HD television comes over the air. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. No more of the squiggly lines and stuff. It's just it's HD. Now, of course, you're, it might you know stop here and there because you're not getting great coverage with your antenna. But that's the way to get network television. And on top of that, you got Hulu and Netflix and all the other stuff. I do still, like I said, do still have some friends with cable. Uh, in fact, one of my friends was over, uh, one of my my wife's friends, also my friend, uh, was over watching the Rent, uh, Rent live performance this past Sunday, which aired on Fox. And I was talking to her. I was like, "Do you do you have? Because I, I know she has cable. 
I was like, do you also have Netflix and Hulu? And she's like, yep. And I was like, so just the original programming, right? And she's like, yep. And it was, and I think, I think for Hulu, it was like Handmaid's Tale. Like she just literally has Hulu for Handmaid's Tale. Uh, and then there was something on Netflix that it's like, and this is the original programming that gets you. That, that's what it is. So I, so I kind of get it. However, uh, if, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, I highly, highly recommend it. There's so many other options out there. Even if you do that, like Sling TV and stuff, so many better options out there. YouTube TV, just get rid of the cable company. You're bleeding money. Get rid of the cable company. Um, you obviously still need them for your Wi-Fi. We are cord cutting in this house. Uh, however, we do still have to have Spectrum cable for our, for our, uh, our Internet. <laughs> Somebody's got to give you Internet. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world where there's just free Internet everywhere. We'll get there someday. We will. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Big fan of the show. Haven't really loved it as much this season. I think it's lost a little bit of something. I'm not going to get into those details. But on the last episode, which I believe aired on Sunday, uh, it was it, it was officially the departure of one of the main characters on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And uh, really a, a, a favorite character of many people, a favorite character of mine. Uh, and that would be the Gina character, played by actress Chelsea Peretti. Uh, so she has had her her last uh, ep- official episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Now, of course, when this first came out that she was going to be leaving the show, there was talk of her coming back and guest starring a few times here and there. So I'm sure we will see her again. Um, however, I would say this is not a great sign uh, for Brooklyn Nine Nine, simply because she was one of the best characters on the show. Like hands down, one of the best characters on the show. Just no way of getting around it. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm, I'm hoping they keep going. I'm hoping they improve a little bit this year because, like I said, they've been a little bit off their game this year and, and kind of they're leaning into things a little too hard, I think, uh, and, and not getting back to their roots of just the great comedy and the great dialogue that made it a fantastic show. I mean, Andre Brower, it was fantastic, and I think he's kind of lost a little bit of what made him fantastic from the very beginning of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because they're kind of leaning into characters and, and sculpting them the way they think everyone wants them to be. But here's the thing with a show like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is everyone got really into it when it first came out because of the characters. And so if you start changing characters the way they have been doing it, it it's not going to keep your audience around because those are the characters that, that we love. Those are the characters that we were drawn toward when we started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, and I'm sure there's people out there that don't mind the changes, but I think that's going to end up hurting them if they continue kind of going down that road with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All right, we got some Star Wars news. I actually got a couple pieces of Star Wars news. This first one has to do with the uh, Star Wars television series, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Uh, John Favreau, who is head, heading up uh, that television series, actually tweeted out a tease, tweeted or posted a tease. I don't know. I can't keep track of what people are using. It, it changes like week to week, like... You know, this week, uh, Twitter's cool. This week, Instagram's cool. This week, whatever new thing people are using is cool. And it's all it's all just kind of uh, dictated by the millennials out there and what they're using. But John Favreau teased a classic Star Wars droid, a classic Star Wars droid. Uh, was actually this this Star Wars droid was actually in the very very first Star Wars in 1977. They didn't actually name it, but for those of you familiar with the with the original Star Wars, uh, this was the the droid that Luke originally purchased from the Jawas. Uh, called it Red. He said, "Come on, Red, let's go." Uh, and the the droid got like a few <laughs> a few steps. It didn't step, I believe. It rolled rolled a few feet and then just completely like blew a fuse and blew up. And then, of course, Luke ends up taking R2-D2 instead. So, uh, and for those of you not aware of it, that droid is the R5-D4, because that's what you do in the Star Wars universe is just name droids after numbers and letters. So, uh, that's a teaser. I don't know if you're excited about it. I, I We're going to see so much nostalgia coming out of the Mandalorian, I think, and, and really it makes sense that they would be feeding on it. That's the place to do it. Don't make your film super derivative. Make your television show super derivative, and then people aren't going to mind it because they're going to feed off the nostalgia. That's how it works, Disney. Telling Disney how to do their job and stuff. Man. Uh, and more Star Wars news. More Star Wars news. Uh, this one... I will caveat this with it has not been confirmed. None of this has been confirmed by the studio. Um, these were images that were posted by someone, and we don't even know where they got them. It looks like they were this person took the images. However, if you believe what we're seeing uh, right now, these are leaked 
images from episode 9 of Star Wars. Uh, they've been leaked online. As I said, there's no confirmation, uh, but it looks like a snowy planet. They're creating a snowy planet for episode 9. And of course, here is just feeding off the nostalgia. <laughs> like, we gotta have a snowy planet, because that's what we did in Empire. So we're gonna have another snowy planet, just like we did in episode 7 or whatever when they fought. In the, yeah, nah, I, take take away from that what you will. The funny thing is it'll be hilarious if here's what I'm like waiting for because there's you don't see like Star Wars characters from these images. Uh, there are some like scorched trees and it looks like fake snow has been brought into this set. Uh, the hilarious thing is like maybe this is an Avenger. <laughs> like you don't know. Like did you just stumble across and you're like this is a set. There's some scorched trees and some fake snow. And it probably is a set. But uh, so maybe it is Star Wars. Maybe it's not. Uh, take from that what you will. It It's just... I'm going to present it to you because it's out there in the world. And that's what we do here at Go Tell It's a Wall Podcast. I talk to a wall and some of you find it interesting. That's what we do. And you know what? That's common sense. We haven't been using common sense as much. I mean, it's at the end of every show, but I feel like we used to use that a lot more uh, throughout the podcast episodes. I'll have to talk to Bridget about that one. Bridget I, Bridget and Chris uh, have not joined the live feed yet, uh, but they are, they are often working behind the scenes. Uh, and Bridget is one of the main ones I go to as far as like, is this dumb or is this good? You know, because that's the thing with Chris. I'm like, is this dumb or it's great? Like, no, Chris, I need you to be. <laughs> Whereas Bridget is very, uh, I don't want to say very critical, but she will be critical when it's needed. Uh, all right. One more piece of TV, film and books news. Uh, this one I want to just talk about. This was all me personally. If you're, if you're not watching the show Shameless, you should be. Uh, it's on Netflix. For those of you that don't have Showtime, it is on Netflix. Uh, and this will be a slight spoiler for those of you that are not caught up or haven't watched Shameless. So, you know, just turn the volume down for like, it's not a huge spoiler. It's, I'm not giving away huge plot points. Uh, however, we are in the middle of season nine right now. A little like two thirds of the way through season nine of Shameless. Fantastic show. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Can't recommend it enough. I mean, it is definitely in my top five shows right like right now by far. No question. Uh, and most of you out there, if you're an avid listener, know what my top shows kind of are. I don't sit here and list them, but you can figure it out. Uh, and it is definitely in that top five. No question in that top five. And this past Sunday, and they, they don't shy away from tackling uh, political things. They don't get super political, but they don't shy away from, from making jokes and putting these things in the script. And essentially, with the most recent episodes, most recent couple of episodes, uh, there is a uh, an undocumented uh, teenager who's who was being... a adopted by a couple of the characters. I'm trying not to give away a bunch of stuff uh, for those of you that haven't watched the show at all. And you can go back and watch it because I highly recommend it, like I said, uh, and is being adopted or fostered by a couple of characters on the show. And they go to find out that he was completely separated from his uh, mother and brother or sister. I can't remember off the top of my head. Inconsequential to the overall story arc. Uh, and so they go actually go off to try to find his uncle who they, they were trying to meet uh, in Indiana. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes behind it, goes throughout the episode with that. Uh, and like I said, they don't shy away from it. Now, at the end of the episode, uh, because you go to find out that this this, this teenager uh, actually knows the Star Spangled Banner very, very well. Very well. It's like the only English he speaks. And the very end of the episode, there is a children's choir singing the Star Spangled Banner. And as the camera pans out, you see them holding a big sign that it says ICE, I-C-E, Children's Choir. And they're standing outside of a detention facility, uh, surrounded by a bunch of guys holding guns. Like, not handguns, big guns. And it's clearly uh, supposed to be a take on the detention facilities that exist at the border right now. The ICE detention facilities. Uh, fantastic. I can't say enough about the way, how they do it and how well they do it. Uh, and, and definitely can't say enough about them speaking out about these kinds of things. Because it is important. It is important. Important. All right, let's move on to some music. Music. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I am. Oh, my gosh. So excited about this one. As you should be. One of my absolute favorite artists. Uh, absolute favorite artists out there. Has a new band. Has a brand new band. Just launched this week. Like, just. Dude just, like, dropped it in our laps a couple days ago. Like, two days ago. I, I go on Twitter. I'm like, what is this? Oh, my God. What is this? A little band called the Landfill Crew. This was put together by the amazingly talented Tim Armstrong of Rancid and the Transplants and Tim Timebomb and Friends and Interrupters and every freaking band that he is in. 
And what they've done is put together a new band called the Landfill Crew. And, of course, Tim is on there playing guitar and vocals. Kevin Bavona is actually playing bass for this band. The real kicker on this, the amazing part on this. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us. Chris Hassong has joined the live feed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the amazing thing about this one and the unique thing about this one is uh, Tim actually teamed up with a singer named Tippa Lee, Tippa Lee, uh, who is a prominent reggae singer reggae singer and they put together this band and i will tell you right now landfill crew is basically uh ran it has a very very rancid grungy east bay punk feel uh with also reggae lyrics which is fantastic because it's basically most of the things i love hey bridget most of the things i love uh plus a reggae feel which is also another thing that i love now i'll tell you personally uh, as much as i talk about punk rock and ska and all that good stuff and really how that formed my childhood uh reggae was was my absolute first love. Like, before I even really understood what music was, uh, simply because I was hanging out at Bob Marley's mom's house in the 80s when I was a when I was younger, and, and so learned about reggae. And so you basically took reggae, mixed it with Tim Armstrong, into the landfill crew, and on top of that, they've actually got someone animating the music videos. Uh, they just put out an EP this week, four-song EP. Check it out. Get it on iTunes. Download it. Go over to YouTube. As you're heading over to YouTube to subscribe to Go Tell to the Wall, uh, make sure you all also check out Landfill Crew. Great music, great videos. Can't say enough about Tim Armstrong. My God. And the thing I love about this the most is we talked about it last week. Uh, Mark Hoppus last week was like, here's my cool band, Simple Creatures. <laughs> I watched the video. I was like, yeah, all right, dude. All right. Like, you're just going a different direction from plus 44. Like, uh, okay, maybe you're getting a little Tom DeLonghi here with some na-na-na's. Like, that's fine. And then this week, Tim Armstrong was like, yeah, check this out. Boom. And I was like, oh, oh, that's why you're Tim Armstrong. Definitely check it out. Uh, speaking of Mark Hoppus, he did an interview recently, just this week. Uh, and he was asked about the new Blink-182 album that they're currently working on in the studio. They, I feel like they've been working on it for like a year. Blink takes like a long time to, to work on albums. And I'm sure it's because of other bands. Like, they're in other bands. Mark Hoppus has the Simple Creatures uh uh, what's his face? Uh, the the guitarist. I'm just totally blanking on his name. Uh, is 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 in Alkaline Trio. So these guys are busy. I guess that's why. Uh, but when asked about it, he he said this. Uh, and I quote: The new album is. Uh, and I quote: Go in some completely weird directions. End quote. Go in some completely weird directions. Uh, and he actually referenced the Untitled album from 2003. If you're familiar with that one, that was the one that had uh, the lead singer, The Cure, on it as well. Uh, it was definitely funkier. The thing for me, though, is I was like, okay, okay, completely weird direction. If you look at the evolution of Blink-182, like their first three, two to three albums, arguably, like full studio albums, arguably are very similar. And then it's just like, like over here, take off your pants and jacket is like over here, and Untitled's over here, and then California. Like, I was like, is this like it's good? But I was like, is this Blink One Eighty Two? That's what happened to like singing about dumb stuff. Like, and it's totally fine. But I just it's weird to me that he would say this when it's like, dude, you've gone in completely weird directions. Like, really, after the first three albums, and they've had so many albums. So I don't get it. Um, I will, of course, look forward to the new Blink album. It's probably going to be great. It's just I'll be like, okay, that was your completely weird direction. Tambourine or something? I don't know. Mark's hilarious. Uh, follow him on social platforms. It's it's No, not Travis. Um, guitarist. Not who replaced Tom. Um, I'm just, I'm like blanking on his name. You'll, you'll, Bridget will feed it to me here. Uh, I, I just, wow. Like it's, it's bugging. Now it's bugging me. Uh, somebody will give it to me on the, the, the guitarist who replaced Tom. Um, just totally blanking on his name. And he's also an alkaline trio, uh, which an alkaline trio weirdness. I think their bassist is leaving and that band might, it's a whole, I music industry is so fickle. That's <laughs> why like, I, I love, I love my bands that I've like literally listened to since the late eighties, early nineties, like the Rancids. I mean, Rancid hasn't been around since the late eighties, but Tim's been doing stuff since the late eighties, uh, like less than Jake and these bands. Like those are, those are the bands where I'm like, okay, this is what we're getting. We're getting some music. It's not always, not to say it's always the same, but we're getting some music. It's easy to follow. Can't keep up with all this other stuff. Uh, it's just very difficult to do that. All right, let's get into some mental health. Oh, mental health. Um, I will tell everyone out there right now, 
as part of increasing viewership on the YouTube channel as well as creating new content for all of you, uh, we are working on a new segment that is going to be strictly video-based. It's going to go on YouTube. It's going to go on all of the other platforms. And it's going to be called something along the lines of Mental Health Minute. It's going to be a weekly video thing uh, where we talk about mental health health topics. It's going to be short. It's probably going to be longer than a minute. Uh, thank you, Bridget. Matt Skiba. God, like, I was like, Skiba, Skiba. Uh, Matt Skiba, who is the current guitarist of Blink-182. Uh, but Mental Health Minute is probably going to run longer than a minute, uh, and I want to get this out there weekly. It's like we were talking about in the social trend segment, uh, ending the stigma, and this is this is one another way that I, I want to do that, and I want to be able to share that with everyone. And on top of that, we get a lot of great feedback uh, on our mental health segments. Like, we, we really do. That's one of the things I get a lot of great feedback on is mental health stuff. I think it does speak to some people. And like I've said since the beginning of Go Tell It to the Wall, it, even if it's touches one person especially one young person out there who's been struggling and not knowing how to talk with it talk about it then then my mission is complete and my mission is moving in a positive direction at least my mission will never be complete uh, and speaking of never being complete when it comes to mental health this is something i found uh, in the mighty it was written by alex minor uh, again the mighty mental health it's really a health website but really focuses on mental health uh, and it talked about an instance for this Alex Miner, uh, oh man, Milner, Milner, this is, I need glasses that fit with my, uh, my, my headphones better, uh, Milner, uh, and it talked about a specific instance where he was into the doctor, uh, and was just there getting a checkup and every, you know, the usual checkup where if, if you've been on medication for mental, mental illness, uh, you know, you just gotta, gotta go through there and you're like, just give him a medic, give him my stuff, I'm gonna get out of here. I was going through one of those, and he talked about how when the nurse left the room, she said, uh, he or she said, I hope you feel better. I hope you feel better. And he goes into, uh, and I'm going to post this on the on our Facebook page, uh, probably on Twitter as well, because I think this one's an important read. Especially, it, it's an important read really for anyone, because if you've been in this situation like myself, or if you don't really have a full understanding of what it's like to go through uh, episodes like this, then it will give you a, at least a slightly better understanding. So we're going to share it. But I want to share a few things about it with you on the actual podcast. Um, and it, it talks about how everyone says, get better. I hope you get better. And what happens is, those are very. that's a very supportive thing to say. And obviously no one means ill will when they say something like that. However, when it comes to mental illness, that's twofold. When you deal with a serious mental illness, you know that there's no fully getting better. There's, there's being able to deal with it in better ways. There's having better days, better weeks, better years, whatever it might be. Uh, and there, there's ways to cope. However, there's no getting better. It's not like having the flu, having a cold. You, do, you don't get better with time. You don't. Uh, there's medications that can make you feel, make you uh, able to better cope, make you feel better um, in those instances. But it, it, it's not a switch that just goes away. It, it isn't. Um, and then on top of that, when you say to someone, I hope you feel better, like that instance, it also puts forth that sickness. You know, it makes it related to, which in a way we do want to relate it to being sick do want to relate it to something like having a broken leg. Like you, you, you have something that is keeping you from doing other things. I get that part. I get that part. But when you relate it to like the flu, you also have this side of it where people start to think, okay, I have a sickness. I'm never going to get better. And I'm going to put that sickness onto other people. So you have that aspect of it too. Am I saying to you out there, don't say, I hope you feel better. No, that's, but the point is to keep in mind that a lot of times there is no being better. There's no just feeling completely better. Uh, you simply make yourself cope a little better. You simply find ways that, that help you get through the day uh, a little better than other days. Um, and and I, like I said, I bring this up. Keep it in mind for your friends and family. Keep it in mind because it's an important thing to remember. It really is. Really is. Uh, and another important thing I want to talk about uh, pertaining to mental health is there was a survey, a, a, not a survey, a study, uh, a joint study done by Stanford and New York University. They did this study over the course of a month. Over the course of a month, they did this study and found that deleting Facebook and or staying off Facebook uh, can have an extremely positive impact on your mental health. Uh, it showed many benefits 
of, of deleting Facebook and staying off of Facebook. Of course, I'm broadcasting live on Facebook as I say this, but keep your own mental health in mind when it comes to these things. And on top of that, it, it had a little bit of a snowball effect in the way that if people weren't getting on Facebook, weren't able to get on Facebook, they were getting online less in general. They were using apps less in general. And in fact, because of that, then they were doing more activities. And it's funny, the study listed as they were watching more television. It's like, well, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know how different that is. But okay, okay. Uh, but on top of that, able to do more activities because they're not completely engrossed in their phone, their computer, whatever it might be, and and, and going on the social platforms, uh, especially Facebook. And you, you know, there, there's like we've gotten into it many, many times before. There's so many problems with Facebook and, and kind of the Facebook happy thing and, and the jealousy and, and that you see on Facebook and, and kind of the thoughts that can bubble up if, if you're scrolling through Facebook. Um, yeah, see, I'm with you, Bridget. I'm, I think I'm going to take a consumer uh, break from Facebook here soon, and, and really I'll just be going on um, to do the live feeds uh, and, and probably post stuff on the page. But we also, I mean, we have, we have admins on the page uh, specifically Bridget and Chris are admins on our page, uh, as well as, uh, one other person who's an admin on there. So even then I might not have to do the page. I'll just be doing the live feeds, uh, here on Facebook and, and avoiding the, the kind of consumer side of Facebook and, and be more of the content side of Facebook, which, uh, is just kind of what we do with the podcast with go tell it to the wall. All right, let's get into some sports. It is Super Bowl week. Go Patriots. Hopefully they win on Sunday. Fortunately, I am in a situation that same situation I was in last year. Patriots have won a lot. We are we are spoiled as Patriots fans, absolutely. And like last year when they played the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, my father-in-law is is was born and raised in Philadelphia, and he's a bit of an Eagles fan despite the fact that he now lives in New England, and he's also a Patriots fan. Uh, so I didn't hate losing to them as much. And honestly, I think we will win on Sunday, but if we don't win, I'm not going to hate losing to the L.A. Rams that much because I live in Los Angeles. I have many friends that are Los Angeles Rams fans. It's going to take a lot of the sting out of it. It's not like losing to the freaking New York Giants and Eli Manning. Uh, but go Pats. They are playing on Sunday. They're playing the Los Angeles Rams down there in Atlanta and so we're going to talk about the Super Bowl just a little bit just a little bit uh, I have a feel-good story for you Julian Edelman I've talked about him oh oh Julian Edelman this Julian Edelman this Funko Pop Julian Edelman right here my absolute favorite Patriot uh, might end up going down as my favorite like honest to God might end up going down as my favorite Patriots player of all time uh, we had a story from him there was a seventh grade uh, QB De Deja Rondo Deja Rondo, uh, she is a female, young lady, seventh grade, plays quarterback uh, for one of the, the local teams there in her community. And what happened was she was getting bullied for playing sports and for playing quarterback for a football team, bullied. She also happens to be a Patriots fan and a Julian Edelman fan and wears the number 11 in honor of Julian Edelman. I love number 11, man. Love me some number 11. My daughter's birthday is 1111. That's my, my lucky number ever for the past two and a half years, ever since she was born. Uh, so the Pats invited her uh, out to the stadium for a tour. She went out to Foxborough. She got a tour of the stadium. At the end of the tour, she met Julian Edelman, uh, who then gifted her Super Bowl tickets and made sure she was going to be taken care of to head down to the Super Bowl there in Atlanta and see the great Julian Edelman play in the Super Bowl. Uh, so good on you, Julian. God, if, like if I, I said this to my wife earlier, I was like, do you need another reason to love Julian? Because here you go. Uh, good on him for stepping up. He's, he's a fantastic human being uh, from, from all accounts and from everything I've seen uh, and, and a pillar of the community. And I'm glad to see that he was able to help a young lady out and, and lift her spirits and get her down to the Super Bowl. And hopefully everyone that was bullying her is going to see her ass on the big screen or whatever it is and be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be assholes. You know, let's not be assholes to other people. Uh, so that would be nice, too. That would be a nice uh, <laughs> instance if that happened. Uh, all right. I want to want to skirt through a few of these. I want to share this with you, because like I said at the top of the podcast, I might have only said it on the live feed. Uh, many of you don't care about the actual game itself. Many of you out there care about the commercials, the halftime show or the food. And in fact, statistics show uh, that that Super Bowl viewership uh, drops drastically after the halftime show, interestingly enough. I've been there. 
something like when it's not my team playing in the Super Bowl, sometimes I have a few too many beers. If the game gets out of hand, I'm taking a nap. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. Uh, but nonetheless, for those of you out there that are really interested in the food, I want to run through the top 15, top 15 Super Bowl party foods. Chris, I don't think ours is on here, but I'm going to mention that as well, an honorable mention. Uh, number 15 is quiche. And these are ranked according to CBSSports.com uh, from worst to best. Uh, quiche, number 14 is chicken wings. 13, pigs in a blanket. 12, crackers and cheese. I don't understand how they figured this out. Veggies on a tray. Give me some chicken wings before the veggies on a tray. Sub sandwiches. Candy. Good Lord, who has candy for the football game? Uh, nachos. I will eat nachos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, for some reason, CBS Sports listed chicken wings on here twice. Now I'm seeing where they're going with this. I did breeze through this earlier. Uh, number six is pizza. I imagine getting pizza delivered on a Super Bowl Sunday is crazy. Chris, have you done it before? Have you? I've never tried to get delivery on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, number five, ribs. Number four, cookies. Number three, pretzels. Number two, potato chips. You got to have potato chips. Give me some ranch dip, uh, some French onion dip. Number one is chili. I can get behind some chili. However, keep in mind what chili does to a lot of people. So if you got a lot of people sitting around a television watching a football game for three hours, chili might not be the best thing to serve to everyone. However, I will tell you the number one best possible football Super Bowl Sunday. I know, weirdest list ever, right, Chris? I don't even understand what CBS Sports is doing here. Best food you can have for Super Bowl Sunday is something I like to call cheesy meaty toasts. I can't tell you how to make it. I kind of half know how to make it. Uh, our on-air producer... Oh, see, Chris... Okay, so Chris ordered pizza super, super early. Our on-air producer, Chris Hassong, knows how to make the cheesy meaty toasts, and they are one of the best things you can possibly ever eat. Uh, and we actually... We had cheesy meaty toasts for the Super Bowl in 2014 when the Patriots won. We had cheesy meaty toasts for the Super Bowl in 2016 when the Patriots won. Uh, but I'm sure Chris also had cheesy meaty toasts for a couple of those losses. So I try not to give him a hard time about it. Uh, not give him a hard time, but try to convince him to make it. Uh, but it is fantastic. Look it up online. It's one of the greatest things. If you're a meat and cheese eater, it's fantastic. Cheesy meaty toasts. So it's simple, but it's just so good. Filling, tasty. Go for it. That'd be my number one, right? I mean, I'm, I think Chris might agree on that. I don't know. I don't think Bridget agrees. I don't think she likes the cheesy, meaty toasts as much. All right, I want to run through a couple of these, and then we're going to move on. Uh, nope, we got one more Super Bowl stuff, but it's a little different. Uh, some prop bets. I want to go through a couple of the funny prop bets. If you're not familiar with this, you can obviously bet on the game, uh, but Vegas does this, and they've actually expanded this, and you can find it on weird things that you can bet on in Vegas, but for the Super Bowl, they call them prop bets, uh, and some of them are pretty hilarious. Stuff that you can bet on whether it's going to happen or not happen. Uh, some some things are as simple as the coin toss. So you can bet on heads or tails. I, I don't know. Uh, you can also uh, bet on what the what uh, the anthem singer will wear, which is Gladys Knight this year. Uh, what was the other one? And also you can bet on what the halftime performers are going to wear. That's going to be Maroon 5 as well as uh, Big Boy and uh, who else? is? I can't remember who else is performing in that. Uh, but one of the other ones that's fun to bet on is uh, will Andre 3000 join Big Boy? So you can bet on that. Andre 3000 if he's going to pop up. Uh, and this is one of my favorite ones that... Uh, well, there's two of my favorite ones. This one is also my favorite. Is who will the MVP mention his, in his, first in his postgame speech? Uh, but my absolute favorite one, they do this one every year, is what color of liquid will be poured on the winning coach? What color liquid? you got to think Gatorade and the real popular Gatorade flavors. I, I think green uh, or yellow, gr yellowish green, lemon lime, uh, orange, and red. i got to think those would be the, the lesser. You're, you're going to get less odds on those. Uh, so maybe, you know, if you can bet on like the purple, watch purple just come rolling out this year and someone makes like a thousand dollars. Uh, but prop bets, if you're interested, you can do that. You can do that through some websites now. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact laws here in California are as far as website betting. Uh, but I know depending on your state, you might be able to just bet through a website. One, one more Super Bowl thing I want to mention, I'm spilling my beer here. Uh, is the possibility of trailers. We've been hearing a lot of this coming up recently, um, and most likely we're going to be seeing 
Uh, some good trailers in the big game. We always do. Uh, a couple of those specifically would be Avengers Endgame, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, as well as Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to be the sequel to the Wonder Woman movie that came out uh, a year or two ago. Uh, we're also looking at the possibility of a Toy Story 4 trailer and, of course, Star Wars Episode 9. If I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Star Wars Episode 9. They're going to love ramping that one up. Uh, and, of course, Stranger Things. We actually saw a Stranger Things uh, Super Bowl ad last year, the year before, uh, Chris might remember, I think it might've been two years ago. I feel like it was 2016. I remember watching it at Chris's house, uh, and we tend to watch Patriots Super Bowls there. So it was one of the last two years they did have a, uh, a, uh, Stranger Things trailer in there. Uh, and of course, Game of Thrones. I am sure we're going to see a Game of Thrones trailer in there. Hopefully more than just some fire and ice skating across a game board and then dun, 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 cause I'm ready ready for some game of thrones speaking of game of thrones everyone out there that listens to the podcast you know how much i love game of thrones love it i, t I that's like the one show i watch right away that night so i don't get spoilers and everything else i'm actually going to miss the premiere uh, the season 8 premiere of game of thrones because i'm going to do something else that i love even more than game of thrones instead of being home watching the premiere of season 8 uh, i will be down in santa ana seeing the fantastic interrupters down there at the observatory Hmm. Not many things trump Game of Thrones. However, interrupters, hmm. give me some interrupters any day. Uh, let's get in some tech. Oh, I thought we were going to be short on time, but now we're looking to be okay here. Hmm. Hmm. But let's get into some tech. Uh, we got some news from Samsung. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about this one. Uh, terabyte smartphones are coming. Terabyte. Do you know what a terabyte is? That's 1,000 gigs. It's a thousand gigs. These days, mostly, if you have a more recent computer like laptop, you're pr you're probably not running a terabyte, um, just because as as computers started to get smaller and the SSDs came out, which is a solid state drive, uh, the the drive sizes kind of shrank a little bit, especially with the the MacBook Airs and stuff. Like even mine, uh, I'm sitting here. I actually went from a terabyte laptop uh, to a 500 gig <laughs> Surface Pro simply because they didn't make terabyte surfaces a few years ago uh, when I picked mine up. Now they do. My next surface is going to be a terabyte. So think about that. A thousand gig smartphone uh, is coming soon thanks to a new Samsung storage chip. So Samsung developed this chip uh, and and like I said, holy shit, I will be lining up for one. I won't have to put a, like, I don't mind putting a memory card in my phone. The thing is, the thing for me, I like having a lot of memory on my phone because I like downloading all of my music and it's just right there. You know, I stopped using an iPod when we hit the point where I could just have, like, uh, Google Play on my phone and I could throw a memory card in there and just have so much music downloaded that I don't have to stream. Uh, and all my own personal music, like, it's all connected to the cloud and then download it from there and boom, like, good to go. Don't have to worry about being connected or anything. So I'm all about the terabyte smartphone. Definitely going to be wanting one of those when they do come out. And I'm a Samsung user myself right now, so I'll probably stay a Samsung user, and that's going to be one of the first phones that actually gets the terabyte uh, storage chip. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we got some news from Hulu. Hulu, now this one makes sense to me. They just announced they're adding a new ad unit. Ad unit. Uh, so this is like commercials, um, you know, or when you go on a website and you see, you know, a banner ad. I, I always have to stop myself because I worked in marketing for so long, and I use these terms, and like my wife does it to me. Uh, we'll be watching, like, like streaming something. I'm like, how do they not sell that? And I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so you're going to see, the, you see, like, the banner ads on websites and, and the, uh, the uh, footer ads, whatever it might be. Uh, so Hulu has announced a new ad unit that appears when you pause. So you're watching Hulu, you pause your show, and an ad unit's going to pop up. Now, not video. Not video. It's going to be a static ad unit. So you're looking at just an image that's going to be on your television. This one totally makes sense to me. Totally makes sense. This is no effect whatsoever on the consumer. Like you're going to pause the show and you pause the show and you're just looking at a still frame of like whatever show or movie or that you're watching. Uh, and instead, it's just going to pop up an, ad, an advertisement. And then when you, re when you play the show, the advertisement's gone. Absolutely makes sense to me. I, I don't know why it took them this long to do it. I had never even thought about that. In fact, I'm one of the people that sits here, especially like ESPN when I'm watching a live game. Uh, I tend to watch through my ESPN app and, and I'll be watching and it, it pops up the screen like your event is in a commercial break and you do get commercials in there. Uh, but every once in a while, it's just pop, uh, popping up a static ad that says your events in a commercial break and it'd be like a minute and a half of that. And I'm like, how did you not sell this? 
That's my marketing, my ad sales marketing side showing. Like, how could you not sell the entire stream? It's a, it's an NFL game. Like, sell it for a dollar. <laughs> like, it just it makes no sense to me. Uh, so, real, like, I'm gonna give a good on you here. I'm gonna give a good on you to Hulu because there's no effect to the consumer. Like, it, it's not gonna affect you. Don't have to sit through a commercial. It's just it's good. You're you're pausing the show anyway. It's gonna pop up. It's cool. Like, it makes sense. Makes sense. And you know, maybe you're watching it. You'd be like, oh. Yeah, I've heard of that. Now I'm going to check it out because it's top of mind. Like that's that's what advertising is for, and this is a perfect way to do it. Absolute perfect way to do it. Uh, here's some interesting news. If you were a Lowe's shopper and you use smart products uh, and you happen to purchase some of their Iris smart home products, Iris smart home products, these were Lowe's branded smart home products like plugs and light bulbs and whatever else. I'm not super familiar with them. Uh, just became familiar with them today because I will tell you if you have some of these items in your home, uh, you're going to need replacements for them because Lowe's is completely killing off and bricking the Iris smart home products. Bricking, if you're not familiar with it, that makes that's making something, uh, a piece of technology, completely useless. So they're going to brick all these things because they're obviously connected to a network because they are smart products. They're, they're just not going to function anymore. Uh, so if you have any Iris smart home products, keep in mind, end of March, they are going to be completely useless. So either replace them, do whatever it is you need to do. Just know that they're not going to work anymore. Uh, speaking of things not working anymore, Google Plus. Google Plus. Yeah. Do you know what that is? I know. You probably don't. I do. But most people don't. It's a social site that Google created a few years ago to try and compete with Facebook. Did not go well. Uh, they are finally shutting it down. We've known this was coming for a while. But now we have gotten an official date from Google, uh, and they will shut it down completely. And this was uh, Google Plus for consumers because there's still a professional Google Plus that I believe is used internally uh, with some companies. But the consumer version of Google Plus will shut down on April 2nd. So for the, the two people out there that were using Google Plus, uh, get ready for that to not be around anymore. <laughs> two people are like, God damn it. Where am I going to post my photos now? Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> The other 50 platforms that you have for doing that stuff, and like, not a, you know, be like Tom. <laughs> Tom said, "Here, have this. I'm gonna take those millions of dollars. I don't need to get back into this game, and MySpace doesn't exist anymore. Not that Google's doing that. Google's got a whole bunch of other stuff to worry about. Uh, another thing closing. Oh my God, it's, this is uh, like I I did this on the teaser. I talked about it, and I was like, it's not really doom and gloom because nobody's dying, but it's a little bit doom and gloom." Uh, ultraviolet. Have you heard of ultraviolet? This one you probably have heard of. This is a uh, digital, digital, uh, storage for films. They, for a while there, you saw them in a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. They started to fade away. A big reason that they started to fade away was Disney did not buy into ultraviolet and they created their own, uh, digital movie storage site, cloud thing, whatever you want to call it. And of course, that started to kill Ultraviolet. Well, now, and that's what's crazy. Like, here's Disney. Disney just kind of. Do you know? For those of you out there, little. I'm gonna get a little tangented here. Uh, for those of you out there that remember when Blu-ray first came out and HD DVD first came out, and they were fighting, and they were like, and it was like beta versus VHS. For those of you that are old enough to remember beta versus VHS, and they were fighting. Like, HD DVD, Blu-ray. But you're both the same thing. Yes, but this one's better. No, this one's better. And we're going to fight about it. You know who ended that fight? Disney. Because Disney bought into Blu-ray. Yeah, think about that. Think about that, wall fans and common censors. Disney basically dictates the industry when it comes to that kind of stuff. And they did it here a few years ago. They created their own. And Ultraviolet is now officially dying. It's going to be completely closed. Um, coming up here, I believe it's July. I believe it's July. Uh, but nonetheless, if you do have any ultraviolet stuff that is connected only to ultraviolet, uh, make sure you go and you pull that stuff down. Here's the other thing I will tell you. I, coincidentally, I actually got an email because uh, I've been an ultraviolet user. But what I did years ago was I connected my ultraviolet account to my Voodoo account, which is another uh, cloud storage thing for digital movies. Uh, and because of that, I was able to uh, everything. All my ultraviolet stuff's still going to be connected to my Voodoo even after ultraviolet ends. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Uh, and here's. Speaking of smart products, here's a little tip for everyone out there. This came up recently, and this is according to TechCrunch. Uh, specifically, they were talking about cheaper smart gadgets. And what's happened was they actually busted open a bunch of these things and realized that even after you unplug some of these lower-end uh, smart gadgets and throw them in the trash, keep in mind that these smart gadgets are essentially little computers. They still have some of your information on them. 
So when it comes to cheap smart products, I would say when it comes to any kind of smart product, uh, make sure you're getting it wiped completely and not throwing something away with all of your information on that. Because uh, don't don't be ignorant and think there isn't some dude like sorting through a landfill right now looking for ways to steal uh, personal information and data. Like don't be that ignorant because there's a dude right now doing it. In fact, we got people that go up and down our street that are digging in trash cans, and I don't know I. This is not an insult to them. I don't know that they're smart enough to like pull a smart light bulb out and be like, "Oh, I can go pull somebody's in because I wouldn't." I like I I'm not really super tech savvy, but I'm kind of middle of the road. I wouldn't know to do that. Uh, but but keep that in mind. Don't don't just throw your information in a trash can. Like wipe it, do whatever it is you got to do uh, to make sure that doesn't work. Uh, all right, I'm gonna get through a couple of these because we are now running out of time because I get tangented all the time. Uh, we got like five minutes left. Fire Festival, the gift that keeps on giving. Oh man, I still haven't gotten around to watching the documentaries. I will. I promise. I'm gonna. Wa- I'm. I'm not gonna promise it by next week. I promise it by episode uh, eighty. I didn't write the number. Eighty-six. I will have watched both of the documentaries. That's not the next episode, but the one after. Maybe by next episode. Uh, Kendall Jenner. I know we don't talk Kardashians on this podcast. We don't. I refuse to. That's why we don't talk about Kanye. We don't talk about the Kardashians. We just don't do it. However, we had to because it's pertaining to Fire Festival. Kendall Jenner has been subpoenaed to testify in the Fire Fest case. This is the bankruptcy case. She's been subpoenaed along with multiple other models. These were models that were promoting the Fire Festival on social platforms before the festival actually turned into a complete fiasco. And I'll tell you, I haven't watched the documentaries yet, but I was sitting there going, why, like, why aren't they talking to these? Like, here, here's, here's problems. This is a problem with social media. And it's why, to an extent, like, I want to increase our viewership and our following and our YouTube and everything. I don't need to play this game that all these kids play. I, do, I don't want to play this game where you just have people following you like, like sheep. There's sheep following Kendall Jenner and her other model friends who did all this Firefest stuff. Sheep. So she's been subpoenaed, uh, and honestly, I hope, I, I'm sure there's not going to be a bunch of legal ramifications on her, but I hope she gets called out on it. Like, just taking money and promoting something that clearly didn't even actually happen. Come on now. Uh, we had a nice little article that came out from the New York Times, uh, and this was, there was a, a study done in England over the course of a year, one year study done in England, and we've finally at least gotten somewhat of an answer on whether e-cigs can help you quit smoking. And from the survey, they found that uh, this survey, this study, again, it's an actual study uh, where they kept up with people, uh, and they found that e-cigs were almost twice as successful uh, versus patches, gum, uh, you know, like they think there's like uh, lozenges or whatever, you know, to help you quit smoking. Um, And I can tell you, duh, duh. I, I'm a walking testament to that. I, I, I was a smoker for many, 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 many. Oh, God, so many years I was a smoker. I smoked a lot of cigarettes. I mean, there was a time in my life where I was like a pack and a half a day smoker, I, you know, in, in my 20s, in my late teens. And I just, I smoked. I'd, I'd, I'd go and I'd do gigs and I'd get in my car and just chain smoke. You know, go home and smoke and smoke and smoke. When I was in film school, like everyone smoked in film school. You smoke, you smoke on film sets all the, all the time. I think it's changed since then, but... Late 90s, early 2000s, dudes just chain smoking. Like, where are the grips? Oh, they're smoking. Where are the gaffers? Smoking with the grips. <laughs> like, you smoke, smoke, smoke. Uh, when I married my wife, I promised her I would quit smoking real cigarettes, and I did. I started on the e-cig. Uh, and unfortunately, I would very much like to be done with that uh, now. Uh, unfortunately, I am still on the e-cig, but it did help me completely quit real cigarettes. I have not smoked real cigarettes since then. Every once in a while, I will have a real cigarette. Most, most of the time, it's like a bachelor party where I'm super drunk, and I'm like, I'm going to have a cigarette. That's what happened. I'm like, this is no good. Throw it away. <laughs> like, that's that's how it goes for me now. Uh, but yeah, I'm a testament to it. They have a uh, somewhat of an answer right now. I will I will caveat that with, we're not talking like 100% of people quit smoking because of the e-cigs. It's still a very small percentage. People still like to smoke. However, we do know that there is a benefit to it. There is a benefit to it. All right, I don't want to talk about this guy. Uh, I'm just gonna say good on. Uh, <laughs> Good on this guy, Brady Grumpelt, uh, who actually bought a far-right group's domain and made it a furry dating site, including posts such as White Power Bottom. Hmm, I like that one. Furry White Power Bottom. Uh, 
For those of you that are thrift store shoppers, thrift stores cannot keep up with the junk that they're that they're uh, that they're getting. Junk being a relative word, and it is most likely a product of the Marie Kondo show that is featured on Netflix. That's right. Uh, my wife watches the show. I watch it a little bit. It gives me some anxiety because they go into some houses of hoarders, and I'm like, I, I tense up. I'm like, how, how do you live like that? Because the thing is, I have a very severe case of obsessive compulsive disorder. And for those of you out there that have watched the show, I basically Marie Kondo this whole studio as well as my whole closet, as well as my entire living room, uh, not the kitchen so much. Uh, and as well, nah, the garage is less likely, but almost weekly, I do a Marie Kondo here. <laughs> Stuff gets tossed or donated or whatever else and reorganized. So I get it, uh, but how a, a lot of thrift stores have had to start turning people away because they're just getting too many product in there. And I get it. I actually uh, used to volunteer when I was in high school at St. Vincent de Paul, uh, and I went out and picked up uh, donations. I would drive around on the truck and pick up donations from people and bring them into the thrift store. Uh, and sometimes it was like, we're just getting too much stuff. We're just getting too much stuff. Uh, one more thing I'm going to leave you with. Vans has come out with a new collection. It is the Anaheim Factory Collection, and it is basically good old school vintage vans they have gotten rid of the stripe and it is the old school v stripe that you if you're familiar with old vintage van vans uh it's the old v that you would see instead of the stripe so check those out check those out if you're into them uh anaheim factory collection i'll be checking them out you know me and my bands all right that's gonna do it for us this week episode 84 of go tell it's the wall podcast god i was loving my bells two-hearted ale this week seriously check if you are a beer fan chris you weren't on you would like this one it's an ipa i'm gonna buy you some you're gonna try it it's not as crazy bitter and hoppy as the other ipas it's super super smooth mm. definitely check them out everyone out there check them out unless you're not a beer drinker then don't bridget not gonna like it you're not a beer drinker and if you're not a beer drinker you're out there you're not gonna like it either all right like I said, that's it for episode 84 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. We will be back next week with episode 85, hopefully celebrating a Patriots Super Bowl win. Same wall place, same wall time. And if you got any complaints about it, you can go tell them to a wall. But always remember, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.